What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode 78 of the Gaming Duel Podcast. I'm Kelvin, your host for this week, and I'm joined by co-host Robert Garcia and our special guest. He has a background in psychology. He used his knowledge to figure the effects of different personality types have on the way people play games. He developed a version of the 16 personality types that test gamers' personality. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome John UK. How are you, John? Hey, I'm well. Glad to be here. Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing good. Doing well. Doing well. Doing well. Thanks for coming by, man. Thank you for coming by. We appreciate it so much. Excited to be here. Awesome. Is this your first podcast? First rodeo? Or it is not. No, cool. um, okay. been on different types for different reasons. Okay. Well, we're definitely going to get to know you very well in our in-game chat. So um, stay tuned for that. Um, we'll get into the deep dive of what exactly you've done because you've done some pretty nifty stuff here. So um, before we get into the news, though, guys, if you are new to the show, welcome. Thank you for joining. Thank you for tuning in. We are the podcast that discuss the latest gaming news each and every Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. If you want to support us, you can. You can head on over to your favorite streaming service, Apple, Spotify, or by going to thegamingduopod.com and leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Um, you can also support us by going on to social media and following us at The Gaming Duel Podcast. Going now. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. You guys do that too, please. Follow yes, John please. Too. Follow John. Click, click, click. So let's, um, let's get into the news because we, we have a, a lot to talk about. Uh, biggest news here. We, we're going to have a really kind of like a, a really condensed news week. But thank you, Sony and Santa Monica, for having this release date here. We have God of War release date. We have a confirmation for God of War Ragnarok, who, which is slated to release November 9th of this year. Sony also released a CGI trailer called Father and Son, setting the tone for what to expect this year. Sony and Santa Monica also revealed special editions for both PS4 and PS5. You can also check that out on the PlayStation blog for more details. Guys, God of War is among us. What are your thoughts? John? Goosebumps. <laughs> he's back he's back boy it seems like he came a few months ago actually uh yeah and landed in eastern europe but um so yeah. what's, what's your background with, with sony what's your background with god of war um so i played god of war on playstation i think when the first one came out uh when i was in college and i had a playstation but i haven't played the newer ones because i prefer it on console and i haven't had a console uh, so gotcha. I've been doing more like PC and tabletop gaming since then. But I think the games are rad. And just the way technology is going, they only get more and more amazing. Mm, and I think sure. that the like the duo is interesting. And I like the potbelly Thor. Reminds me of the uh, Marvel Christ, the Marvel uh, Thor coming up with his yeah, yeah. potbelly. And I'm really looking forward to the God, the God like, what is it, a like Rock and Thunder movie? So uh, I yeah. think this will be a, a summer of potbelly Thor. Love and Thunder. That comes out this week, right? Yeah, it came is out that... actually today. It's out oh, today. No. To watch it. Yeah, no. I got an there invite to watch it tonight, but didn't because I had plans. Oh, oh my well, god, that is today. Yeah. Ooh, I suddenly have evening plans. All right, oh, all right. there See you go. go. Well, let's make this <laughs> quick. Let's hurry up this podcast and buy some tickets. Rob, what do you think? What, are you surprised that this is released or this is coming out this year? Like, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm actually kind of shocked that it came out this year. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> yeah, a lot I, of people are, I'm I, sure. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that it's already July and you didn't have a release date, I'm like, it's getting pushed to 2024. Uh, yeah. The fact that we get it in four months, right? Oh, 2024. You thought 2024? I thought, sorry, 2023. That's what I'm oh, okay. Jeez. I'm like, damn. I don't think they need that too far much. ahead here. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it's nuts. I think it's crazy that they're just like, all right, yep, we're done with it. It's coming out. 
have fun. It's it's crazy. They they pulled like they they did it. You know what I mean? Like they they stuck with the date. I mean they they kind of delayed the game at some point. Um, so twenty twenty two was supposed to be the year of God of War, and they actually stuck by it. I'm surprised that they actually did it, and I'm more shocked that it's coming out in what four months. You know, it's coming out very soon. It it's it's weird because I and and John for for those that don't know I have this thing with uh, the original God of War not the original the, the last one that came out twenty eighteen where I thought it was a he fantastic like game but no like I, I liked it I liked he didn't it like but it. I just felt like there was a lot of hype that uh, there was in my opinion there should have been a little bit more criticism with what we've got for God of War um, and, and you know you can check out the previous episodes for that but basically to to kind of encompass everything here. I, I love the game. It just I felt like there was a lot of things that were missing from the previous God of Wars. As far as like the main boss fights, I felt like they were lacking. The enemies were kind of lacking. They felt the variation, very similar. There wasn't too much variation. Variation yeah. is, is not mm-hmm. quite there. Um, everything else, the story, the, the the way they developed the characters and the, and the gameplay, um, the 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 relationship between uh, Atreus and and, uh, and um, Kratos, I thought, I thought was phenomenal. So um, I'm I'm hoping that the criticisms that I had from the previous one will be addressed in this yeah. one. My my love of mythology has only been going up and up, so this is making me want to go back through and like you know, for educational reasons. For sure. Oh yeah, for educational. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for educational reasons. <laughs> I know you said you're a PC guy now, uh, on the on the move. So download. Yeah, for... that that is interesting to check out. It reminds me too of the um, I forget what it was called, but the Star Wars game that had a lot of variety of mm-hmm. like different kinds of encounters and play styles and things like that. I wonder if things are moving more in that direction with like enemy variety and encounter variety and things like that. It was kind of like a adventure, um, yep. but like shooter. I would I would say I would love for them to bring back. Does that make sense? So so you want you want them to combine the Greek and the Norse mythology? Yeah, if somehow the Greek mythology just like came out of nowhere and then they kind of like mixed the two where like somehow Zeus is back. What that I think would, would be really cool. I have an idea for like an MMO where you just take all the different like mythologies like Egyptian and like Norse and Greek and stuff. And then it's like MMO and based on how powerful your faction is or how much like power they have, like the mythology gets stronger. So you can like cast stronger spells or summon like stronger spiritual things. Cause like, the faith of that, like, God is stronger and kind of, like, their strength is based on how much you believe in them. And then, you know, as somebody starts to snowball, everybody else teams up on them. Um, that seems like a kind of fun dynamic. Uh, that concept could work. That concept could very well work. That's that's pretty cool. I'm um, excited for this game so much. What, like, I'm so, so ready. What do you expect from this game? Like, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is what what do you think we're going to get from the, the next installment of God of War? God of War Ragnarok. Rob, start. I'll start you off. It's going to be obviously bigger than the first game. They're going to open up the world quite a bit, I think. The first one felt a little limited as to where you can go, and uh, but you're going to actually be able to go to all the different realms uh, pretty easily, and, and they're, they're going to be fleshed out. It's not going to be so linear as the first one was. Um, and I think they're... Here's my, my thought. The first one, they were kind of treading lightly because it was uncharted territory. It was a new concept for them, right? They, they are, it's different from the old of Wars, you know, one, two, three, the ones for the older consoles. Uh, this, they were kind of like testing the waters, so they played it safe, right? Now that they know that that was successful and everyone loved it, they're like, all right, open the floodgates. We're going ham with this thing. And I truly think this game is going to exceed the first game. Even, and I would say even the previous God of Wars by my this this is probably going to be the best God of War we've ever had. 
Wow, bold statement there. Yeah. So just to remind you, though, that they did dabble with the open world concept a little bit. You know, there were open areas in the game that weren't quite fully open world, but, they, you know, they had a good good grasp of, like, you can kind of go wherever you want, sort of, you know? Right, but I think this is just going to expand on it even more. So you think like, it's going to expand on that? Okay. Oh, yeah, for sure. John, what do you think? I wonder how much Elden Ring could have influenced this, because that, as we all know, is enormously impactful yes, um, yes. out of new releases. But the thing is, you know, these things take so long to develop. I don't know, like, how much communication or watching or being aware of, like, what everybody else was doing. But, like, sure. I think now, especially if this God of War is also successful and has the open world, that could be more of a trend that we see. And then also because of Cyberpunk's, like, epic flop on mm. launch... Yeah. I think that there, and that's a pretty open world game. Um, but I think that we're going to see better launches now because that lost so many, like hundreds of millions of dollars that, you know, just because they botched a launch that they maybe could have waited like one or two more months and right. not mess that up so bad. So I think that probably terrifies all the other studios. 100%. Um, so I think that's like a landmark milestone for the gaming industry, in my opinion, because that was right. like, you know, one of the most hailed games and the most developed games of all time. And how badly that launched. Um, I think that we should expect, you know, something a lot cleaner with this. You nailed it. Yeah, 100%. I think that every developer now is kind of aware of what Cyberpunk has, has kind of caused. And, and now they're, they tread very lightly if they're trying to release a game, knowing how, like, the, you know, the, the, the way it, it's already made. You know, they, they might want to delay a little bit depending on you know, how, many, how much bugs there are, things like that. So um, I, I have no fear in, in Santa Monica doing that because I know they, they're top tier and they develop games like, you know, pretty pretty spot on. So um, as far as the story goes, I, I kind of want to dive into what we can expect with the story. I think, so essentially the original one, the 2018 one, it, it was uh, Kratos, and we know the story behind this, the, the game where, you know, they were going to... Um, take uh his wife's ashes to top of the mountain um you know layman's terms here but so but this was also a a journey with kratos and art um atreus just kind of like bonding or or trying to get to to father and son like you know communication i guess if that makes sense like they were just trying like kratos was just trying to understand his son and trying to let down a lot of guard right because he's always been this angry dude angry person that's always just trying to kill things and and now he has a, a a human next to him a son that he has to like take care of and actually like teach and guide and i think with this one it's going to be a little bit different where atreus is older right i don't know how long from from the first one you know, this takes place but atreus is older he's he's wiser he knows a lot based off of the first game so it's going to be more of probably atreus on, like learning more about Atreus and understanding his aspect and, and his mindset of like what he sees and what he's doing and why he's doing what he's doing. Um, so I'm very interested to see what take they they bring to us here. If it's going to be more Kratos' side, if it's going to be more Atreus' side, you know what I mean? I think Atreus, uh, the last one was a kid, right? He's a kid and he kind of felt like just like a sidekick. Whereas in this game, he's going to be more of a focal point of the story, he might actually be more of a focal point. He might, he might transition to more on Atreus' point of view versus Kratos' point of view. You might even actually get to play as Atreus um, yeah. at one point. I'm, I'm getting a lot of like kind of like Last of Us vibes almost, right? Where Ellie was kind of like, you were just kind of like protecting her. But now Atreus is also doing the protecting at some point. Like he's got Kratos' back and it's more of a team versus 
Atreus is just kind of like a little guy that's like just tagging along. It's like, no, like this, again, like even said, Trailer's father and son. So I think they're really going to take that team aspect and really flesh out Atreus and He's gonna be his own. He's gonna be his own man. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna be, he's gonna be like I don't need your dad like, kind of deal. So this takes place three years after the 2018 God of War. Yeah, so he's a teenager. He's a teenager now. So mm-hmm. you know how teenagers are, right? They're gonna be rebellious, and I'm sure yeah. he's gonna do a decision where it's gonna hurt Kratos at one point, and uh, it's gonna be really interesting to see. And I'm excited. I'm interested to see the dynamic for sure. Like they had a, a a crazy dynamic in the beginning where you know Kratos didn't really know how to show affection, um, but now this one. We're probably going to see a little bit more of a, of a softer Kratos, maybe more of like a, a father figure Kratos. But now we're going to see what Atreus is going to be. You know, like you said, Rob, like he's going to be more kind of like a teenager. He's going to be more reluctant to do things. So right, we'll we're, we're going to see goes. more of a, uh, the opposite go right, where mm. Kratos is always a hothead. Right, mm. it's going to turn where Atreus is going to be starting to get more hot headed, and Kratos mm. will be more subdued. So it's going to be basically the circle of life, right? Um, so. I'm interested to see if they they throw in a scene where Atreus needs help, or he he's like about to get killed, and Kratos just goes full blown like God of War three style. You know what I mean? <laughs> I hope so. I, can I hope so. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. That'd be great. Let's go to news number two here. We have Forspoken being delayed to 2023, January 24th, 2023. Here, so. Uh, they posted uh, so Square Enix posted a Twitter post saying that as a result of ongoing discussions with key partners, we have made the strategic decision to move the launch date of Forspoken to January 24th, 2023. All game elements are now complete and development is in its final polish phase. We would like to thank everyone for blah blah blah. blah. So yeah, basically, <laughs> um, they delayed the game till 24 uh, January 24, 2023. Is is this a smart move? Why did they do this? It's, it's a very weird, um, like they they kind of like the discussion that they put there is a little different than normal. Usually, people are like, "Hey, we've delayed this game for such and such." This is saying, you know, we made the strategic decision to move the launch date. So, what are your thoughts on this, John? Um, no comment here. I actually did not know about this one. Uh, oh, okay. I was living in Ukraine till the war breaking out, so I've been kind of off the radar. Gotcha, until gotcha. like recently getting stability again um so I'm this game now yeah so square enix is is making this game for spoken it's it's a uh, which say this is yeah, yeah you're a witch it's, and it's a third person um you get sent to a different realm and you're in this different realm you get powers versus and you're just sliding around throwing magic spells this third person view looks very like I want to say Platinum Games-ish in a sense. It's not made by Platinum Games, but it's, it has that kind of feel where it's very stylish and you're just uh, stringing the magic attacks together and, and sliding around and moving around. So uh, it's definitely it's an interesting concept. It's different from mm-hmm. what we've seen before. But sure. the main thing I think we're going to about this is this game, when they first announced the trailer for it last year, it looked very, very buggy. It looked yeah. very, very bad. So. Yeah. I mean, very bad in a sense of like the the lip syncing wasn't quite there. Um, it just seemed very jagged. Didn't seem like it was textures polished. Were very, enough. Yeah. Textures were off. Um, this being delayed again, again based off of what they posted here, a strategic decision. I think, and I don't, really, I don't know if it has anything to do with it being polished or not. I think it just has to do with we talked about this in a few episodes ago, where they have so many games coming out. Final Fantasy uh, Reunion is coming out this year. Final Fantasy. Uh, 7 Remake Part 2 is coming out 
next year. So I think they're just trying to give this game some space to breathe because otherwise this game's just going to get gobbled up with the the other games that they're working on. You know. Yeah, for sure. I think it's the best thing they can they can do for it. Honestly, um, what is your thoughts on games being delayed, John? What, how do you feel about? I mean, I, it's tricky because you know we as gamers want the games now, and so it it's it's really tricky because like I think that sometimes like I want a game so bad I'd be down to have it if it's like a little bit of cosmetic bugs or a few less quests if they add those things later. But then you get the cyberpunk debacle where, like, I actually had it on PC and I thought it was pretty fine. Like, I thought it was way overblown. Um, I think I got, like, I think my game crashed, like, once ever. And I had, like, maybe, like, a couple bugs and that was it. Uh, So I didn't really get what everybody was complaining about. But I guess console is a different story. So I think it it really really just depends. Um, But I don't think I've ever played a game where I was so let down by, like, it not being polished at launch. Except for the, um, I think it was called Aliens Colonial Marines. Yes, and that wasn't because it was buggy. That's just because the game was so bad, and they just like hacked it with all the like trailers and stuff to make it seem like this really awesome game. But it was just like, I feel like you know, like five people in like like six months could have made that, like, and I just felt like totally robbed. You, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was just like, <laughs> I, I played it for like twenty minutes, and I'm just like, oh my god, I just like, just, I just bought my money stolen. I think Steam started issuing refunds after that. <laughs> like, oh my god, I think that's the reason why. I actually, think I think that right. is. I yeah. think that is why Steam yep. started yep. streaming yeah. funds. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah, I mean, we we know it's hard, right? We know it's hard to, to what what it takes to build a video game, and I'm sure you know somewhat similar to like how it is to build something, right? And and things get difficult, things get technical, and some things may not work out. So there's a lot that goes into especially yeah, I mean, making a video r- game. Running Game Tree, like an app that I'll share with you guys later, like. Our app is like so much less sophisticated than games these days, and like even us just delivering like a feature, like calling or something, is like a lot of work. So to imagine what these guys on this scale must be going through is like I can I can like definitely sympathize with them if if they need to delay. You know, it happens, especially in tech. There's like a rule of thumb where everything takes two and a half times longer than you think it will. Yes, and even if you account for that, then it just takes another two and a half times. So it's like inevitable. Delays are our friend. Delays are our friends. I'm just gonna say, yeah, they're our friends. Well, what was that that famous quote? Uh, was it Miyamoto? Uh, a delayed game is no. Uh, a, a rush game is shit. A delayed game is is not shit. Something like that. It, I think it was perfect. That, that was exact like quotes. Or something like that. Or, yeah, yeah, those were his exact words. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know who's not struggling right now? You know what indie developer is not struggling right now? Who killed? Hyper Hypercharge. Hypercharge is doing phenomenal here. So this game, if you guys haven't heard about, is is kind of sweeping the, the, the internet right now, especially on Twitter. So why is everyone talking about it? Um, this is news number three here. Hypercharge has been out for two years now for PC and Switch, which came out back in 2020. But you wouldn't have known because this game has been kind of radio silent up until now. Uh, it feels like an overnight... Uh, it feels like overnight the game has reached massive attention from news outlets like IGN, GameStop, um, even Corey Barlog, who we just kind of t- talked about his game God of War, um, is talking about it, posting on Twitter, talking about playing it on the Steam Deck. So it's definitely gained a lot of hype so far. So what is it basically, right? So it's Indie Studio of Five, close friends who started Digital Cyber Cherries back in 2015. It's a third person first slash first person shooter with childhood inspired environments, base building. Uh, casting you as an action figure against other action figures in a wave form of enemies. Uh, you can buy defense, upgrade to uh, protect your um, energy stations. It's both online and local co-op. 
and it's a very positive review so far on Steam. 91%. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's coming out on Xbox soon and PlayStation to follow. Yes, yes, yes. yes. We hear you. Yep, we lose you. Um, so I just went the, through the rundown of hyperspace. Uh, Rob, what 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 do you think of this? We played a little bit actually last night. <laughs> uh, so funny story about this game. So it's it is a free demo on Steam right now that you can mm-hmm. download. And uh, we downloaded it, and I played a little bit, and I got nauseous. Really? Playing, playing the game? I mean, the colors look like really. I, I I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like the monitor I was playing on or. But just the way you were kind of like jumping, and I, I think it was a motion blur on it. I want to say it was a motion blur, and it mm. got got me really interesting. I, I got nauseated from playing. It was it was it was weird. But from what I played, other than being nauseous, I think that's a me thing. I don't think it's a game thing. Um, I think so too. It 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 was fun. Or your monitor, like you said. Yeah, it, it was fun. It was a good time. I I had a blast. It's basically like a tower defense kind of thing. You put your little you build your little thing. Have you ever played uh, Gears of War, John? A little bit. Yeah, so they have a horde mode where, like, you set up defenses yeah. and then you wait for them to come through and kill the enemies. I love those and game modes. Yeah, it was like that, but with action figures. Yeah. So, I, was, I, I, there was, like, another game called, like, Toy Soldiers or Army Men. It was a little bit like older. That. Yeah. Um, but that's what this kind of reminds me of, but, like, a way better version. <laughs> Basically. And, I don't know, what do you think of the kill? I, I had a fun time playing it. I had a fun time playing it. I'm not, like, horde mode doesn't really... Him gravitate me you know what i mean like i'm not it's like a huge a... horde person but yeah it, it, it seemed very interesting like i i thought it was i thought it was pretty dope i think what really got me my attention was just the the, the way the environments look the fact that you're a, an action figure very different take on, on on playing like a third person slash first person shooter you know what i mean um and it just seems cool i the, i love the attention that this game is getting right now like again the game was a bit made or, or released back in 2020 and now all of a sudden it's getting this hype you know what i, mean? I have a quote so this happened to among us as well right, right. Yeah. so how does this happen where a game will be out for x money but then everyone's just like all right let's play this game like how does it get, how does it blow up like that what usually well, with games they first come out they, they kind of kind of blow up right then and there but for some yeah. reason some games are these unicorns where out of nowhere they get a fan base. Um, I don't know if you could speak something to, to that, John. Do you know anything about that as far as like apps and flows? Oh, I know how one of them happened. Dungeons and Dragons, Stranger Things, Dungeons, like pretty niche. It's always growing and growing, like creeping up, lurking like the things from Stranger Things. But uh, suddenly that came out and just this nostalgia wave hit and people saw people playing it and saw that it wasn't Satanism or that like, even other nerds are pretty fun. And now there's, I think, something like 30 million people playing Dungeons and Dragons. Wow. And I would say, like, literally half of that is just because of that show. It's the number one show on Netflix right now. So yeah. I would assume that, like, a lot of times it's maybe just, like, a popular streamer, you know, might pick it up. And then suddenly other streamers or suddenly there's, like, a swell enough where it takes off. But then you've got the case of Warframe where, like, that thing also launched, like, really quietly. Mm-hmm, and yeah. I feel like there's, like, a media blackout. I don't know why. Like, maybe they don't like how, like, indie and progressive the studio is. But, um, yeah, they've just been chipping away and making it better and better. And then just the other day I was talking to somebody who's playing it, and I've been, like, curious to get back into it now that they've added so much. And I think just because they've been working on it for so long and making it better and better, like, where maybe before, like, I liked it for, like, a few days. But now, like, when I get back into it, it, it'll probably have enough to suck me in for a while. And that game came out in the PS3 era, 
right? Like that came out years ago. You know, it's been yeah. a two generation of, of and if consoles. You look at, if you look at the Steam charts, it's like silently like one of the top ten games a lot of the time, but you almost never hear about you it. Never on hear about websites. It. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. And that's a, and that's another game that just it's always being um, supported. You know, there's there's always something like surrounding that game. You know what I mean? And people that um, play it always go back to it. I know a bunch of people that yeah. play Warframe, and they'll always, always at one point, will just like log in and, and play it. They're, again, mm-hmm. one of those games that really back in somehow. You know, I think when it comes to like so Among Us, for example, like you were saying, and like how John was saying, I think Among Us, like he said, it it, it kind of started grabbing a lot of people's attention because like a couple streamers one day picked it up, and you know they're very popular, and so and so that kind of like stirred the pot there. For this game, though, I don't think there was anything that involved streamers that kind of made this popular. I think what happened was they did a pretty darn good uh, marketing campaign where even if you look at their Twitter, right, they they have, they kind of, essentially they're re-releasing this game in a way because it came out for Switch and it came out for PC. No one really talked about it in 2020, but then now they're kind of like marketing it for Xbox, you know? So Xbox is like, their their main thing if you look at their twitter it just says you know coming to xbox soon or, or you know sign up for for xbox players so that's really making people be like oh this is like a, a new xbox game coming out like that's awesome the fact that it has online co-op the fact that it has local co-op like i think those are things that are really making people like want to try this out and obviously it looks dope the environments look sick i think all that combined is making this game like really like top tier yeah um like i said i don't know if i'll purchase it i think it's like 20 bucks on steam um have you played this game yet john hyper hypercharge i i haven't no i I mostly stick to the strategy games and some of like the most hyped like like triple a games yeah yeah this i mean this is not kind of like in our in our radar as well but i tried it out yesterday with rob and like we said it's it seemed pretty cool so definitely interested to try it out uh, we tried the demo, FYI, so we, we haven't really tried the full-fledged game, so I'm sure there's things that are missing, but from what it, the demo showed us, there's a lot of customization as far as, like, you know, getting different weapons, um, and even, like, your characters, there's a lot of cool different um, different characters that you can kind of switch off. Different action figures that you can choose. Action figures, pretty, yeah. Pretty sick. Yeah, overall, I'm, I'm excited, and I, I think it's a, it's a cool, fresh take on the third-person slash first-person shooter. Guys? We're all done with uh, news for today, for this week. So let's get into the in-game chat where we interview the founder of GameTree, John UK. Hey, hey, hey. So, John, let's... Where do we start, Rob? Where do we start? There's lots to, to dive into here. Right, okay. I think first off, you should tell us what is GameTree. And then right. let's go and say, how did you get into making GameTree? Because want, we want to let everyone know how what it, what it is. So what is yeah. GameTree in a nutshell? For those that don't know. So I guess I'll combine those and just maybe do like a story. Okay. Um, So after college, I went from living with a bunch of my best friends, uh, which was awesome, one of the best parts of my life, to moving to a new city where I had a job. And I basically was like the most miserable I've ever been. I would just like go to work, go home, play games online by myself, and then go back to work again. And I felt like I was just like a hamster on a wheel. And I was living in Irvine. I didn't have friends there. And I didn't like know how to find friends there. And I was playing games online with people, but like, it's hard to really connect with people online. And I'd rather be like, as a kid, I built most of my friendships through gaming and it was way more fun and meaningful. And you really get to know people and like in Counter-Strike, you even play on servers and you get to know people. But nowadays I feel like we're all just kind of AI substitutes more so than like actual people. You know, we're just like, like you play like Dota or League of Legends or something. And like, everybody's just there for the sake of having enemies, not really because they're people. 
And it's just getting like really lonely and toxic and like less fun in some ways, even though the games are better. Like it's like not as fun gaming. So I w- looked around and I can only find apps for like helping find gamer friends that basically just like like age, sex, and location, like ASL. Right. And I, you know, like you guys like are friends because you actually clicked. It's not just because of your like your age, like you know. Um, so I thought that I would just make my own app. And so I've been a fan of psychology, but since then, over these years, I've just been diving deeper and deeper and I've spent like many thousands of hours where we've developed basically the most sophisticated system in the world for matching people. And it not only looks at like a game in common out of like hundreds of thousands of games, but the number and proportion of games in common. So you'll find somebody who likes a lot of the same games as you and is likely to like other games in the future so you can play a lot of games in common. We also have a personal values test that looks at like you know, like your morals and what you like and stuff. So, you know, somebody's like a good person to you because like you can't be friends with somebody that you don't accept as a good person. Right. So we ask questions about like, like, how okay are you with gay people? Like, how religious are you? Like, oh. do you like, how do you feel about fast food, cussing, like all sorts of stuff? Interesting. Uh, those are the edgier topics. But then we also have like a personality psychology test that breaks down, like, how do you perceive the world? Like, how do you intake and respond to information? Kind of like a computer function, like apparently all of us are kind of like that and there's different order of operations that we all have a natural bias towards because we're like better at stuff or it takes less energy and we're naturally lazy so you can kind of read a lot about a person based on how they solve problems and how they learn and it's beautiful because it gets us to like specialize in labor but it also tells you a lot about you know like play or the kinds of work that we do and the last bit is a gamer dna model that we made up um it's actually building on a couple layers of other people's shoulders but essentially we identified 22 different kinds of fun and it create kind of like a gamer DNA for you. So, for example, competitive players and casual players. Like, you don't want to mix them a lot of the time because right. casual players, like, fuck you, like, you're not even trying hard, like, blah, right, blah. Right, the other right. one's like, no, fuck you, you're trying too hard, like, I'm just trying to have fun. And it's like, both of them are just trying to have fun, nobody's wrong. There's just right. the difference between people. And that's what a lot of the toxicity is, apparently, is it's not actually trolling. Like, something like 93% of it is actually just miscommunications. And a lot of that comes from, like, not knowing people and not knowing how people are different. So in the personality test, um, we also have guides on, like, what is this person like? What are they like as a gamer? Um, how would you want to be – how would you be friends with someone like this? Why would you want to be friends with them? And if you're someone like this, what's advice for getting along with people who are different from you? Because we all kind of see the world from our own points of view, but we're all, like, actually, like, extremely different. So it's basically – Almost like a, a social media slash, um, I don't want to say Tinder. I hate saying that. But in a sense, it makes it easier for you to connect to people in a, in a much easier. It's kind of, you see their profile, like, okay. I it's a lot know. like Tinder. I think Tinder doesn't really try to connect people. They want, they treat it more like gambling or like an addiction or they just want you to spend as much time as possible, right, like right. the way they design it. We actually give the best matches first. Mm. Um, but yeah, otherwise, yeah, it's kind of like a matching app. And okay. And then kind of we've added social network features because people want more social features. It wasn't part of the roadmap. And then now we're going more into like on-demand game sessions. So we found that people like actually, you know, you've played games with people, but you don't know like what they're playing now or when they're free or who wants to play what. And so a lot of people just play alone anyways because they don't want to deal with the coordination or it's like awkward to reach out. So now you can just click a button and just join a live game session. And it's like you're just in a voice call with everybody and later on, we'll be more doing more and more curation. So we'll kind of like curate the groups deeper as well with that. So it's a way to play with like more friendly, cooperative, less toxic people whenever you want to play. Or you could just be hanging out and chatting or whatever. Now, does the app 
kind of structure like so let's say you find your match with somebody and you you kind of grow this bond and and for like you know the first four or five six months but you know people change gameplay styles change does the app kind of i guess track different uh, um you know gameplay sessions or something like that that kind of changes the perspectives it does and it doesn't, where, like, for example, if you're, like, rating games or adding games to your list and stuff, it'll change the kinds of people it's matching you with. Oh, I see. Um, and we have done, like, AI analysis of conversations and see, like, if people become friends on Facebook or Steam, like, after they meet in Game Tree and stuff. So we take that into consideration when, like, waiting all the matchmaking going on behind the scenes with all the data that you give on all these questions so that we can, like, find out what are correlated questions so that we can make those, like, more important in the algorithm and stuff. Um, so we do a lot of things that are like database to just try to get people to match as well as possible. And you can always retake the tests too. Um, so that is another way of doing it, but otherwise like we're not actively monitoring and like updating yet. Like that's something that we could do in the future. Right now it's about half a million people that have signed up and we're doing like almost no marketing or advertising at all. Wow. Um, but with this, uh, and especially for the last year, because, uh, it's, it turns out that people download it and then they find friends or they don't, but then they don't need the app anymore. So imagine if Tinder works really well or something and then just people just leave. Yeah. So we do have like a few hundred people signing up every day just because it's good, but it's not innately a viral app. It's not something you like download and like share with everybody. Like you don't go like, Hey guys, like find friends with this app. And then like, it's kind of weird to tell your other friends that a little bit. Right. right. Um, but it's just the best at what it does. So it's and the industry's huge. So people have been signing up. And then with this kind of on-demand gameplay sessions feature, uh, that's something that I think is going to really stick. Like the community's voted that they really want that. I talked to one of the owners of OG that won the Dota biggest tournament a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, if you could do that for Dota, like that would be enormous. And so this thing should be coming out in the next like maybe two or three weeks. Wow. And that's something I've been very excited for because it's taken a long time to build to have to like re-engineer the app to launch super quickly. And we also just got approved for a grant to basically convert it to be a desktop app as well. So it'll be kind of like desk- that's, that's yeah. Right so right mm-hmm. imagine like Discord, but like you know you can still see all the like overlays and the transparency and stuff. But like you don't have to like chat and then like get somebody's name, and then add them, and then create a server, and then add them, and then you have to join, and then empty, and then you have to delete the server. Right. And so it's just like so many steps whereas this you it's gonna be like you literally just click a button and you're in the call and then you don't even have to have an account and you can click a button and like like a google meets and just join the call um so it's gonna be just like the simplest easiest way for gamers to connect that's awesome dude like i i love that i love that the fact that you have this like you have this idea and you you kind of put it in motion and 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 now this is a, a an app that people can physically use to help kind of build their gaming experience even like you said there's a lot of people that 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 do this as a hobby there's a lot of people that do this to escape you know and they they don't have a lot of friends outside of the you know gaming world so this is something that can kind of bring those people together and potentially find someone that they can bond with you know one of the most requested features too is more people more ways to match by so um for example like if you like rock climbing or a certain book or like whatever um, that's something I'm very much looking forward to as well, because it's so cool. You know, just the more things you have in common with someone, the more that kindred spirit you can have, that, like, kind of connection. 100%. Right. So I'm looking forward to just kind of being able to have, like, a database of just, like, everything, like, every book, movie, TV show, you know, on top of all the games and all the hobbies and everything. And you could just, like, put in whatever you want, and then those things will get considered alongside the games. I mean, we do consider a lot alongside the games, you know, with your personality and stuff, but... um 
a lot of the times, you know, I'm like reading a book and I'm just like, oh, it'd be cool if I like met somebody who also likes this book. Right. Um, so like, that's something that like, I'm looking forward to adding after this desktop app is, is published for you. Um, now there is a dating portion to this as well, right? So say you did want to connect with somebody, right? How, how does that work in a sense? Is it, is it a little? Yeah. So we call that, try not to cringe, but it's called Ubu. Ubu? Ubu dating. Okay, um, not bad. I like that. So we Cute. added that originally, not because it was the vision was to make a dating app, but because about a third of the users were using it also as a dating app. And if you're not looking for dating, you know, it's like annoying. Uh, but at the same time, we're happy people are connecting and we don't want to kick off a third of our user base. So the solution was just to make a filter, like a toggle and matching, like friends or dating. And now we have a dating app too. That's awesome. So that That's way, genius. all the people, so people are like using the friend part to date. We can kick them out and just quarantine them to the dating part. Um, but otherwise, like now, like you can kind of do both. So it's actually a dating app too. That makes sense because, like you said, you get everyone's interests. They're asking, like, you, I liked the same book, and then you might have someone else the same book, and it's not necessarily about gaming anymore. Now it's about like, well, let's talk about this book. That's, you know, right. so yeah. I and actually, that. my my brother's wife's sister so i guess like my second cousin or something i don't know exactly how that works uh, apparently the first week um got her boyfriend from that um wow wow so, and i never even met her before but i thought that's that was nuts. kind of funny already bringing people together that's hey, look at you man look at you that's awesome so what are we talking here that are helping so it's it's out? been a roller coaster like right before covid um we were pretty strong i came back from living in ukraine to do a fundraising round in california and then it was going really well, like for like a week. And then the world's biggest gaming news network, Enthusiast Gaming, wanted to buy it. Uh, and instead, I kind of started talking to a partnership that they pulled out of, and it screwed us because COVID had hit. You know, deals were falling through, and they had they basically just put us in a really hard spot. So like, even though the signups went up, we basically like ran out of money when we were supposed to be finishing an investment round, mm-hmm. and I hadn't been following up with investors. So now we've been kind of like crawling back to the point where we're about to launch that calling stuff mm-hmm. that's like been a really big development for us and the team has been kind of pulling back together so the momentum has been building back up but that was like a big kind of like knockdown blow uh but i think covid was hard for a lot of people but i think as a gaming company even though it was really good for us it was also really hard for us right um what was the original question how how many are we talking? Two, three, four? How many? People oh yeah, are yeah. Like so so there's two developers um, and myself, and then my fiance is helping out as well now, and we also have a marketer who I just we had somebody part time, but I just swapped for someone full time to join us mm-hmm. because they were helping out like very part time. Um, most people have like other jobs and stuff, but okay. now we're kind of pulling together back into like a more organized full time team, uh, ready to kind of like like blow this up now that this thing that we've been kind of like sitting on our hands for is coming out. Uh, so the the plan is basically to, now that this is out, we'll see how it gets received, but I expect it should, have, like, even if it's not everybody using it, there should probably be a good portion of people that like, you know, like, like it and stick. We also have gamification badges, things like that. Um, so a lot of people, I think, will just kind of get in a habit, and I think that'll start kind of snowballing over time to the point where we can then start playing with it, doing, like, you know, like the more on-demand matchmaking, where right now you can like create a game and you can plan it in advance or like live and people join it, but it would just be a, like a one-click button where it'll just automatically put a group together. Or you can create like 
instead of finding like a person that you want to be friends with, find like a gamer group that's kind of like missing somebody with your personality that would kind of like add a lot of like texture to the group. Because something kind of interesting is that there isn't like a perfect algorithm for like who a best friend is. Um, like there's a little bit of different biases, but mostly it's actually groups or little tribes and you don't want to have the same role as somebody else because then you have like a competitor for like right. you being yourself. So you actually, you know, like if you, you usually see kind of like the tall kid with like the short kid or like the, the chubby one with the skinny one or something. Uh, right, so it turns right. out like life actually works out that way. So uh, like I want to be able to curate groups like that too. And then also to start curating communities um, nice. where what that's a trend we're seeing is a lot of people are going towards communities and there's no good place to discover these communities and people are coming to Game Tree like every day to promote their communities, whether it's like a streamer or like a gaming club or a team or whatever. And we could just scale our individual matchmaking technology to then do groups. Uh, so that's something that like I think is a big trend that nobody's supporting, but fits like really nicely into our wheelhouse where we kind of lead the market in that player matching. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I do see that you have a tabletop option for this as well. Um, so yes. if you wanted to get someone to play Dungeons and Dragons with you, that could be a thing. Like in you know real life, that that's that's such a hard thing to come out and say to someone that like, oh, do you, I play Dungeons and Dragons because like you said, it's kind of not that it, it's it's cool now because of Stranger Things, but it's still a little bit of a stigma right. to come out and say. Yeah. It. In high school, it was a pain getting friends to try to play. Right. Uh, but now, yeah, it's becoming a lot, I guess, like cooler to the point where I often hear like, oh, I've always wanted to play. I just don't know anybody to play with. And so I think there's a lot of people that are kind of like sleeper nerds that just are waiting to be woken. Yeah. And a lot, they have to cross paths with somebody who like tells them that, which is not doesn't usually come up because D&D people don't want to like explain D&D to everybody all the time. Because um, right. there's nothing else like it, or at least those, that category of games. So... Yeah, it, it is kind of a secret dream of mine to like work with one of the major RPG studios like Paizo or Wizards of the Coast or something to oh, so get like at scale, like making it better because so much of it is based on who you play with. Like it just, you know, it can make it like not fun or like the best thing ever based on who you play with. And I think that we're like kind of in that sort of field. So it could really, yeah, just get a lot of people um, into the like the nerd life. And I think that that's like one good gateway things yeah i love that man i love that i think this is a great app you, you, you're doing a phenomenal job i really appreciate that you're kind of putting in your little like slice of like what you build into the gaming industry and i think that's really dope man i think it's really dope it's it's kind of like one of those things where you just feel pain and then you just solve the pain if nobody else is like and right. my own like psychology is someone who's like i over engineer like logical systems to like get emotional connection with the tribe so that's like kind of my insecurity and like my strength. So mm-hmm. I didn't know that when I started all this, but then looking mm-hmm. backwards, I'm like, oh, that's funny. Like <laughs> I'm just like filling the void in the universe that somebody like me feels the most pain from. So like <laughs> it's just like how the world works. <laughs> Forgive me for asking if you already said this, but how long did it take you to build this app? Did you mention that? Um, I don't think so I, I built the first like MVP and then scrapped that as like a prototype, moved to Ukraine, built up a team, we built up another one. Um, but that one I was only like a little bit involved with, like programming. And I taught myself to code to kind of like on this journey. Uh, and then we released the first version where we basically just give you one match per day because I thought it was this clever way to like get around the fact that like we didn't have users, you know? Right, right. Uh, and it started off in Ukraine. Um, 
And then it just started to become a little bit more popular as we just learned and iterated. We made a secret match with a few people per day. Um, so you don't just run out of matches immediately, but over time it just became more popular. And in Ukraine, we were lucky because it's a lot easier to like give a talk at a conference or have a trade show at a booth or to, like advertise like the cost of acquisitions, like way lower than San Francisco where I was before. And then just as the app got better, it just naturally started to spread around the world without us even doing anything. And now it's like been translated, I think, like eight or nine languages by the community. Wow. And we get a lot of like evangelists and moderators and stuff just because sure. like our relationships are one of the most important thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And we get like such crazy like tear jerkers of people like just saying like, oh, you know, like I never thought my life could be this good. But like I met like the love of my life and I have friends now and like, thank you, like blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, whoa. So because of that, like. It's not like Kleenex where you're just making like a better toilet paper or something. It's like, like, you know, it's really changing some people's lives. Um, so because of that, a lot of people, even though it's not naturally a viral app, we still get a lot of people asking how they can help and stuff. Yeah, dude. Awesome. Uh, I actually downloaded it. I have a question for you about the leveling system. Looks like you can level up in this. So talk to me about leveling up here. How do you love leveling up? And I know you don't ask me about... for extra experience points. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were talking about how like once someone like downloads it and finds their friend, their group, then they kind of like don't use it anymore, right? Well, I see this leveling up. I'm like, oh, this would keep me inclined to stay. Like, how do I level up? Tell me. How do I do it? Right. So the gamification did increase our metrics by about thirty percent when we added that. Uh, but essentially, it's like, I mean, one, it's kind of fun to have some direction uh, and just also like do stuff. For example. I wanted to design a system that gives you rewards, but doesn't like block you from features. And so, and I wanted to give you rewards that are either just purely aesthetic or only make sense to give to people who have proven themselves from like a logical point of view. So for example, one of the things like the lowest level one is you can't change your like location that you search from um, until you reach like level like from zero to one. And you get that easily just by doing the onboarding. But that prevents people that could be like stalkers or like mm, creeps yeah, or like or searching in places they don't actually live or it could just be weird. Right. Um, so that's just like a really simple like kind of reward that happens like early on. Um, and so it's kind of like just gives you different sorts of like aesthetic or cosmetic options or little kind of like perks and boosts. Um, you get rewards from either like doing the onboarding stuff to kind of encourage people to fill out their profiles and the more data there is, the better the matches are. Uh, and then we also have like achievements and badges and I try to design these in a way that really brings people together. So for example, we have one for like making friends with different personality types or making friends with people from different countries. Um, so you can actually get different tiers of this badge from like finding people from other countries. So we're kind of incentivizing people to like connect and stuff. Uh, then the last and the main way is for like ongoing to get to the higher levels is through game sessions. Cause if you join a game session, like the longer the session, the more players there are, the more experience points you get. Um, it like, it just falls off. So after like a couple hours and four players, there isn't like much of a difference, okay. um, to like prevent people from just like, you know, like, like breaking the system. But now with the calling that we're adding and like group chats and having it be able to just like be like almost like a Discord server and just makes everything easier. Because before I used to have to have like a commenting system and say like, what's your Discord name? And then like, it was really awkward and like people wouldn't show up a lot. But now that it just automatically calls everybody when the session starts or you like join and just automatically joins you in a call. Um, It just makes it like the easiest thing that exists. So I expect that um, that will kind of 
especially double down as like kind of a bigger thing. And people will actually even possibly want to like, instead of coordinating things like in real life with the best friend, they might say like, Hey, let's do a game tree session. So one, like they get experience points and they're getting more like clout and stuff. And then two, it also is kind of like a record of their gameplay. So you can kind of scroll through and it's almost like a memory lane. Or if you ever want to find people you played with before and, or you have like a chat history and chat log with them, it's kind of an easier way. And then also we have like really good profiles. So you can see like all the games you have in common with somebody, all the games they like, you can read about their personality and stuff. Whereas Discord, like I have like probably like, I don't know, well over a hundred people in my Discord that I don't even remember anything about them or same with Steam. Right. Um, whereas with Game Tree, like, you know, you could see that like Steam just deletes your chat log. I don't know why they do that. Right. But, but like, it's really annoying. But like, yeah, so I think Game Tree serves as a good complement to these things. Right. For if sure. anything, it's, it makes it easier because it's trying to combine these things into one place. Yeah. That and now that we'll have a desktop app, we can even start launching games or even like automatically crediting you for playing with people. If it just detects you're in the same game or something, like it'll be interesting what's possible. Yeah, guys, check check out Game Tree. This is a phenomenal app. I'm playing with it right now, and it's very intuitive. It's very easy to use. It seems so just uh, kind of like a breath of fresh air in a sense because like everything is so clean. You know what I mean? And it just it it kind of makes you feel like yeah, I'm I'm part of uh, not an experiment. I'm part of like a, a community, a community in a sense, right? But like the the fact that you have these achievements, the fact that you have these like leveling up systems, like those are really cool, insightful things that people would want to have, obviously, because gamers love to track their their stats, right? And this is obviously a genius way to do that in, in a, in a show, way of... Show off that, like... to show off, that, right? like, hey, these are my stats. Like, hard, like, it's a very smart app. I love it. It's really cool. So with the grant we just got, um, when we have the desktop version, we'll actually be able to talk to games and actually pull out, like your achievements, like the, the score you just got, what people like are saying, and actually like integrate and customize it into mm-hmm. visual games. Fantastic. So yeah. if this goes well, we could actually kind of start integrating deeper and deeper into the games themselves. And we could even like, for example, be like watching, like learning your play style or based on how you're hanging out and playing with people, we could actually like, you know, over time actually start like, like learning without even having to input data. And yep. like you were saying before, like, does it learn over time? Like, we could actually be like, oh, like, here's somebody you might like. And then just, like, find you, like, a really awesome person. We also have a game recommendation AI that's actually, like, really, really accurate. Because nobody's actually really trying and nobody has that much data. Because most mm-hmm. of the world is these little silos where, like, mm-hmm. you know, Steam only has Steam data and, like, EA only has, like, Origin stuff. Um, where we actually have an AI that's about 93% accurate at predicting ratings uh, for hundreds of thousands of games. Wow. The app isn't known for that, but it's something that we built because um, we wanted to... Well, once we have all this data, we're like, oh, we can then start curating other stuff. So eventually it could be kind of like your portal to the gaming world where you get like a personalized news feed, like personalized game recommendations. You see events that you'd love to know about, but otherwise like maybe not know about. Um, so to kind of have like a hub. And then lastly, to go into the social network space because people are already finding friends on the app, but then there's not like you know, all the infrastructure, but once you solve that chicken and egg problem, which you kind of naturally already solve by being that kind of a tool, I think that gives us a good shot at actually being a successful gamer social network, which is like otherwise always like an impossible challenge. John, can you imagine, so I I know you you kind of like explained what to expect for this in the near future and what you have, what goals you have in mind for for the app, but can you just imagine if you had this app, there was a hub on PlayStation 
on the PlayStation, like there was an app for PlayStation on this, or there was a hub for um, Xbox, like you can actually integrate that into the PlayStation system, into the Xbox system. So now you have um, all these stats that you've kind of collected over the years, and you're able to kind of have like the social link with other people that are already yeah. on your friends list. Like, I, would I, would, love I think that would be phenomenal, dude. Yeah, my my biggest vision is you just nailed it is like sort of like a login or sync with Game Tree where you can right. just unite. So, because like I have friends on Blizzard, but then they're not on like um, Epic Games that aren't on Steam, and it's so sure. annoying that you have to like find all your friends again and all your shit's quarantined. And it's, like, so, like, BS. There needs to be some sort of, like, air or water between all these islands. And we're an, an independent, neutral company. We're also a public benefit corporation. And we have, like, a lot of trust. We, like, aren't, like, biased by, like, you know, preferring one console or one game or something. Sure, sure. So I think there is a shot that we might be able to get to that position. Oh, well, 100%. And it was kind of... And it was building towards that with the, the partnership that we were working on before that kind of, like, knocked us down. Um, but shortly after that, a lot of the big gaming studios um, were actually interested in doing an investment round together. But they wanted us to be at a million users, and we're at half a million now. Before it's like you know interesting to them because those companies you know have billions and billions of dollars, and we're just right. little guys. But yeah. they they want to take us seriously because they like what we have. Like the head of mergers and acquisitions of Ubisoft said, like oh this like I see this kind of thing like two or three times every year for the last fourteen years, and this is the most interesting version of it I've ever seen. Um, and so if we can kind of, like, keep it going a bit longer, like, maybe we actually can get this done. Dude, I, I can I see so. that. Yeah, I can see that really being a major hit, especially, like I said, if you incorporate that into uh, Sony's um, um, UI system, Xbox UI system, like, that would be really fun and really engaging for the audience, for sure. And the, and the biggest thing, is too, is, is what you're doing is you're solving a problem. Right. You're yes. solving a problem, right? The problem is it's very hard to get uh, in touch with gamers, right? Gone are the days where you get online and you want to talk to someone. Half the time, people don't cut their put their mics on anymore because they're just like, nope, I got my friends on yeah. Discord. I don't care. A lot of people just immediately mute everybody, and that's like yeah. the first thing they do when they're doing. That's what we do. <laughs> but back back in the day, back when the Xbox and a little you know little piece of crap like little thing, right? That you would want to talk to people, right? And that's how you would meet your friends. But now in the world where communication is so easy it's like i don't i just want to stay in my own world where now having this it's all centralized and easy and now i don't have to go to every single platform like what's your name on switch what's your name on discord which like you can literally put all of your usernames on all the platforms in your profile i'm looking at it right now but i think yeah it's really to me comes down to curation where it's like You, you don't need an app that much if, like, I mean, it helps to know people are also interested in being social, which isn't something that exists in the games, really. All oh, yeah. this stuff it, is right there. Tacos, tacos. Yeah. Sorry if you get a bunch of ads right now. I, I, I think I think you have something here, man. I, I think I can definitely see this being the future of, like, how yeah. people socialize and how people kind of, like, engage with one another. Um, I mean, we have things like this, right? We have things like Discord. We have things like Riverside and stuff like that to kind of communicate and bring people together. But this is taking it a step further and actually kind of bringing your personal interests and your personal lives into the matter. And like you said, it's a dating app, too. So you can kind of have, like, it kind of, you know, you'd have your cake and eat it too. Best of both worlds. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I wish my girlfriend would play games with me. Right. Well, yep, maybe. There you go. There you yeah. go. One one thing to be careful of is, um, I mean, one we do actually have a pretty good ratio of women to men relative to most gaming community, um, and actually, like, 
yeah, the women are very active, like, on it, weirdly. Um, but what I want to, like, put as a disclaimer is that, like, so far as, like, the, like, kind of math is showing is that you don't want... No. Yeah, disclaimer with dating is you usually don't want to date somebody with your same gaming tastes because mm. usually you want somebody who's, like, synergistic with you, not the same. So, right. friendship, um, but a lot of, like, that is the kind of the fire. And on certain games that deliver, like, a wide variety of aesthetics, like, based on, like, the DNA model, for example, um, you could play mm-hmm. a game, and a lot of the best games deliver different kinds of things, like, they have self-expression and, like, role-play and then, like, challenge and stuff. Um, and you can, like, Dungeons & Dragons, like, you can have people who play it for very, very, very different reasons, but most games have a lot narrower band, and if, like, a couple, like, the same game for the same reasons, like, they're probably gonna, in life, just kind of, like, you know, not have a good division of labor. Like, they're both going to kind of want to do the same things and not want to do the other same things, but life kind of often requires doing a bunch of different stuff. Um, so that's just a little disclaimer is, like, to, to be mindful of in that, with that. Awesome. Awesome. John, thank you so much for, for sharing this with us. This is a phenomenal app. You should be very proud of your team. Seriously. And um, definitely, guys, if you guys want to check it out, Game Tree, it's definitely a, a, a fantastic app. I, I recommend it. I think it's phenomenal that what he's doing. Um, John, where can people find you? Um, I mean, my name is J-O-H-N, last name U-K-E, so I'm pretty easy to just find like on LinkedIn, like Google, Facebook, whatever. Um, then also GameTree has like every person who signs up automatically gets matched with like an admin, and I'm one of the admins, uh, so there'll always be a real point for content. Uh, so just, like, you're like Tom from MySpace. <laughs> You're, you're like Genius. the Tom from MySpace. You're oh, wow. Yeah, a little bit. Holy I don't do everybody though. You're on um, something. But there's we have we have a lot of oh, volunteers okay. that kind of okay. like okay. Um, help out. But yeah, so there'll be a person. We have some automated messages, but like I think that's one of the things that surprises people is they're like, "Whoa, like, you're a real person," or they'll like start like cussing at us. We'll be like, "Are you trying to get banned?" And they'll be like, "Oh my god, sorry, I didn't know you're real." Um, sorry. <laughs> we actually that's do awesome. meme contests sometimes. That's amazing. Um, like community meme contests. Oh, cool. That's one of the badges. The only way you can get this badge is by winning a meme contest. So we did like when the new PlayStation released. One person had like like a couple like Xboxes and there was a plane flying and it looked like the Twin Power Towers. <laughs> um, and there was oh, one that was actually like really on point with the culture. And I don't know how they know this because like it's something we know internally in the company because it's kind of a joke. But like people always ask us if you're a bot. And so somebody actually like made a cartoon where it's like somebody like getting asked are you a bot or you a bot and they're so angry that they smashed the computer and then there's like a robot that they replace themselves with a robot and says are you a bot? <laughs> um, I just thought it was interesting <laughs> that a user actually did that. And I'm like, whoa. That's cool. That's cool. Engaging with the audience. I love that. I love that. Well, guys, um, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys um, for tuning in. John, appreciate your your feedback, all your information here. Thank you again for sharing your your app with us. Um, if you guys want to check us out, again, you can check us out at thegamingduopod.com. Check us out, check us out on social media. Uh, Rob, do you have anything else to close? So, all right, guys. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, catch you guys later. Pleasure. Fun hanging out with you guys. Ciao, ciao.